five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, searching the world for marketing and mail news every day. And here we go. Okay. Well, Cindy Crawford last September did a recreation of her famous 1992 Pepsi ad. This is the, the shot from that in Instagram. And she did it, which I didn't know. She did it as a benefit for the American Family Children's Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin, where Crawford's brother was treated for leukemia. Isn't that something? So, Cindy has some Wisconsin roots. Her brother, whatever. Anyway, also, her ad was recreated by a Sri Lankan model. Uh, and we'll show you that just for fun. Okay, so let's get over here and let's get it to go. <laughs> And the young men are watching the young lady who pulls up in a motorcycle, gets her Pepsi. Ye Pepsi black kya hai. So anyway, in the original, it's two it's two young boys who say, Oh, that new Pepsi can's amazing. Or something like that. So, it, you know, it loses a little bit in the translation. But I think it's it's fun that they have redone it. And thank you. Uh, thank you, Cindy, for the fundraiser for the Madison Hospital. Uh, you know, news you'd never hear anywhere else. That's what we specialize here. Okay. So, let's get over to the rest of the news. And uh, first off, Ray Schultz. My old friend Ray Schultz has an has a uh, has a an article in Email Marketing Daily. It says he says it now costs much more to acquire a new customer, and should be noted this is all about digital acquisition costs. Okay, uh, customer acquisition costs are rising and hurting profitability for brands according to a new study by Simply DX. Okay. Merchants are now losing $29 for every new customer compared with just $9. That's more than a 300% increase. Uh, is that right? 9 times 3 is 27. I think so. Ray says it's a 22.22%. 200%. I guess he's right. Yeah. Don't do math on live live TV. 100% <laughs> would be 18 and 200% would be 27. Okay, you're right. 222. Two, two. You got me there. Okay. So, uh moreover the 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 study says acquisition costs have risen by 60% in the past 5 years. Okay? Some of the factors, the introduction of the new Apple operating system that allows users to block third-party cookies, the demise of third-party cookies mostly by other browsers, uh, the increase in consumer privacy legislation such as CCPA and GDPR, which limits your ability to utilize the available third-party data, 
And uh, according to the study, email is no longer useful in customer acquisition, given the need to have permission before contacting the prospects. The standard best practice, difficult to do. So repeat sales are up, but brands must place a renewed focus on collecting first-party data on brand websites, including email address, maybe even physical address. Doing that and gaining consent to the mark to market are linked to market consent to market are linked to brand profitability the company adds 69% of shoppers prefer to check out a brand on their site as opposed to checking out social social is a massive opportunity to tap into the fire hose of eyeballs that's exactly what it is <laughs> a fire hose of eyeballs uh, by injecting shoppable content into the social feed says Charles Nickel, Nichols, um, but of course, the trouble is that it's hard to shop and and customers. Um, Nichols adds, it's very clear though that the best practice is to direct engage traffic to the brand site to buy. It's what most shoppers want. 70% want to go to the real website, and it enables brands to build an ongoing relationship that turns a first-time shopper into a profitable repeat shopper. What's interesting to me is is that you know, only recently have the e-commerce brands figured out that repeat shopping is the key. It was so inexpensive to acquire new customers and they weren't very valuable. So they would just say, oh, let's just spend the money and get new customers continually uh, marketing to the moving parade, you know, which is OK, I suppose. Um, you know, if you have a hot dog stand on Route 66 and people are going to. Going by, you know, you can make a living at it. But most local restaurants need repeat customers. Okay, now now let's get over to the meat of the show, which is that catalogs are still relevant. And uh, this is from my friend Jonathan Zhang at, uh, at Colorado State, I believe. And it's in Harvard Business Review, how paper catalogs remain relevant in a digital age. Okay, wow, that sounds like a pretty good article. Okay, the costs of digital advertising are skyrocketing, right? Prices on platforms like Meta, Google, TikTok grew by anywhere from 61 to 184% year over year in 2021 in just one year. At the same time, returns are plummeting, and by that we don't mean return orders, <laughs> shipments. Those are skyrocketing too. But recent changes in privacy policies, such as those by Apple OS 14.5 have made it more difficult to target ads to consumers who are increasingly likely to tune out the advertising they do see, forcing customer companies to rethink their marketing strategy and spending. Increasingly, companies are rethinking their that are that are rethinking their strategies are turning to an analog method, physical paper catalogs. And by analog, they really mean non-digital, you know. There's in, in audio, there's a digital and an analog uh, where they are really fairly different. Uh, but in marketing, mm, I don't know. I don't know that I'd call paper catalogs analog even, but they are physical. So anyway, um, it's not just traditional retailers, but Amazon, Bonobos, Wayfair have entered the catalog game. I'm not sure if Wayfair is still doing it or not, to be honest. Um, I know they did it for a few years. 
But does this mean every retailer should consider a direct mail strategy? Probably, I have to say. <laughs> if not, when does it work best? To investigate these questions, we conducted a series of field experiments. I like the sound of that right off the bat. Got me going. Field experiments. That's what we talk about in direct marketing. How can we do field valid experiments in collaboration with two large retailers? Okay, a luxury watch e-commerce retailer and a multi-channel department store chain that carries a variety of products. The results extend our earlier findings of catalogs general usefulness into a set of specific guidelines that can help retailers leverage their existing customer data to, to design targeted and effective catalog marketing strategy. First, they'd like to know whether all product categories are suitable for catalogs. And of course, you only have to just get a sampling of the catalogs in the world. <laughs> you know, just go on, try and find, you know, there actually are, there actually are um, places where you can easily register to get physical catalogs. Uh, I don't have the link handy, but maybe I'll find it and put it in the description. But a quick survey of the catalog genre will show you that not every product is equally represented. And oftentimes, catalogs work best with interesting products that have a story to tell. Um, and, and that's kind of always been the case. But part of it is because catalogers looking at all the profitability, not just the return on ad spend, are concerned about average order size. So, for example, when I was working with Dick Cabela, I told him that a significant portion of his fishing orders were <laughs> his customers were buying one fishing lure at a time. And the average price was probably five dollars. I told him I didn't think he could fulfill that for less than two or three, and the margin was only about 35%, which meant that, you know, it wasn't possible to make any money. And um, that was probably not the right thing to say to Dick that he had too many fishing lures. But what we were able to do is raise the minimum uh, shipping and handling charge, which is what we did in those days, uh, to $25. So if you ordered less than $25, you still paid the $5 for, for shipping or something like that, which was which made them a lot of money because it raised the average order size significantly. But anyway, yes, hedonic and experiential products will benefit more from catalogs than utilitarian. And I think that's right. If they're, if they're a commodity product, you know, the best bet is to get it inexpensively at the grocery store. So... Uh, the second thing they looked for was whether consumers differed in their need for touch. Excellent question. Excellent question. And then, what is the optimal balance between images and text? Okay. And so, when asking their first question, they did a new catalog campaign at the end of 2020 to 8,600 U.S.-based customers. And it wasn't clear whether this was the watch retailer I think it was okay but um, I just wanted to say to Jonathan that 86 8600 catalogs we we would just in testing lists head-to-head -head, we would almost never test smaller than a 5,000 piece segment to give us uh, I think it's a 
it's a it's a it's a five percent confidence interval plus or minus so 95 percent confidence interval plus or minus five percent or something like that um anyway the rule of thumb was we wanted to get 50 orders and if you had a one percent response on rented lists uh, which was not an uncommon guess since we maybe hadn't mailed them before 5,000 was a good a good test panel in with 8600 you don't even have a 50 50 split so very 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 mm, high or very very low confidence interval I would say for your test results you would love to get a, a catalog client that mails more like you know minimum for for modeling we try to mail minimum about uh, 250,000 for tests you know just to get a, just to get in perspective here <laughs> and good tests you know you like to do five or six hundred thousand uh, in modeling if you wanted to apply that 5,000 rule to have each cell and you mailed 500,000 uh, that's a hundred cells more or less and so you get a pretty good feel for what's going on you may not do a hundred you might do 50 um, but then you've got a good number in each and if you're doing an AB split in addition to that, those those get pretty small pretty fast. So what what I would suggest, Jonathan, is that perhaps we can work together on this and get you a bigger client to test these same conclusions. I'm not I'm not disputing the conclusions. I think you're spot on, but I would like to see um, a greater sample size. And that's one of the principles we use a lot in direct marketing. Okay, but in spite of the sample size, there was a 24% increase in purchases over those who received only emails, uh, giving a lift of 87, 870% ROI. This is this is a 45% increase over the already impressive 600% ROI found in. Uh, 2019 and I would just ask if that's EBITDA because that's really pretty spectacular you know uh, oftentimes you know a 24% increase in purchases if we said if we said there was a hundred dollar average order size now with 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 you know with expensive watches it could be a, it could be a $500 increase in average order size but so if it were if it were a $400 average order size a 24% increase would give you a $500 increase or a $500 average order size so that $100 but the margin on that at 30% would still only be $30 I don't think you 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 know usually to get these kinds of ROI at an EBITDA level you have to go to um, you have to have about about three times the sales increase so, so the sales increase we would expect it to be three or four hundred percent and then that'll get you a, a good ROI. But oftentimes they're they're comparing return on ad spend. So uh, I sent an invitation to Jonathan to see if he would like to do a, an interview, and maybe we can sort out some of these numbers. Nevertheless, very very exciting numbers. Um, he felt that during the pandemic they had more time to peruse catalogs, and they welcomed distraction from the screens. So therefore, the audience for catalogs is growing even as the pandemic subsides uh, catalogs are increasingly appealing and effective 
So then they did some tests with a department store chain, and one of the things they were trying to do, they created a variable that that basically said this person shops more in the store than on, on online, or this person shops more online than in the store. And what they found was that the return on, of catalog marketing on physical prone customers is 60% higher than e-commerce prone customers. And that we find consistently across the board, very consistent with our own test results. Uh, customers have a higher preference for haptic and sensory experience when they are store customers, right? And we also find that customers who are, uh, as we, uh, in the previous article, noted that that uh, customers acquired digitally have about a quarter of the value long term that customers acquired with catalogs have. Okay, and the last study was very interesting. They they tested two different layouts: photos with minimal text versus photos with main product attributes and complementary short narratives. And what they found was that the short narratives are 40% more effective in sales and, cons and customer engagement than designs with only photos and product names. And that again is consistent with scientific advertising uh, from Claude Hopkins from 100 years ago, <laughs> is that longer copy actually sells better Photos, you know, photos are great, but uh, they also found that they were kept twice as long in the household. Um, so uh, finally, the hedonic and higher priced products do better, I think, probably because they have a, a better story to tell. They're, they're unique. Customers are interested in the experience of going through your catalog and finding items that they didn't know about. And with a little more copy, it tells the story more effectively. Uh, hedonic and experiential brands such as Birchbox and Lego are implementing catalog strategies, whereas utilitarian brands like IKEA have discontinued them. Are catalogs right for you? For e-commerce retailers without physical stores, catalogs can effectively mimic stores' sensory experience to enhance customer affinity. And I'm not sure it's just the the sensory experience alone, but when you get a, a, a large catalog in the mail, you know that that merchant has something behind their marketing. You know, a catalog like this, Bass Pro, you know, 800 pages or something. Yes, it's an experience to go through, but it also, on its own, you know, on its own, this mailing might have cost $20 million or something like that. Uh, you know, if they did seven million of them at three dollars a piece, could easily be that. Could be more than that. A twenty million dollar campaign. Now you say, well, that's not much in TV advertising, right? But it has a substance to it. It has a weight to it. It has a physicality to it. That's not just the experience of shopping, but also the experience of reality. Okay, so high quality physical catalogs with stunning imagery combined with compelling narratives, can create a sensory awe that would be hard to replicate on a digital screen. Impossible. You can't convey 50, 100, or 100,000 SKUs in one package on screen. You can't do it. You can do it in a book like that. So thank you, Jonathan. I hope we can talk and we can, and perhaps we can work together to get larger test samples so that your, your, findings are irrefutable. Have a great day. Like and share. 
Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.